attention all patriots, it's time for the Signal 50 Podcast, where we talk about the hard truth about today's current events. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Signal 50 Podcast for April 18th, 2021. You, you're probably going to notice we're not going to be able to live stream this. So the date of recording is April 18th. Okay, so you're going to see it on some other outlets. There's no live stream on YouTube tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later. But welcome to the show, everybody. There's an awful lot going on that we really want to get to. Bravo, how are you doing this evening, sir? Oh, I want to talk about some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure you do. Um, there's there's a whole lot there's a whole lot happening. Um, you know, the title of the, the title of the show kind of kind of says it all for the kind of the setup and the, and the beginning of the program here. The unrest they wanted, now they've got it. Um, oh yeah, they got it. All right. Yeah. So so on tonight's show, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about you know some of the things that are going on surrounding the Chauvin trial. There's a new shooting in Brooklyn Center that we 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 brushed on the topic uh, the other night. We'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the consequences and some of what's going on there. Uh, real quickly, we'll talk about uh, members, certain members of Congress that are, might be involved in this, you know. And Jeffrey Epstein rears his ugly head in the news again uh, with his girlfriend Ghislaine Maxwell and some of the stuff that they've been up to. Uh, we got a whole lot to talk about this evening. But before um, we get into that, always want to make sure that everyone understands we are the two American patriots who love to talk about current events, and that we cannot show our faces because we will get canceled. Although it seems. When we get to the end of the show, you'll find out it may be happening anyway. But correct, we have other we have other ways to get out our word out. So sure. we'll see what happens. Well, we started this off as a podcast, and that's probably how it's just going to have to be. But anyhow, a little housekeeping up front. Uh, we know we told everybody we're going to have Martha Bonetta on the program as soon as we could. Uh, we're still trying to work out some scheduling with her. Uh, she's she's just incredibly incredibly busy. Uh, so anyhow, that being said, let's let's talk about our first topic. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Minneapolis right now. You've got the uh, the Chauvin trial where uh, where both sides wrapped up last week. Um, and the defense, uh, I believe, uh, the officer uh, invoked his Fifth Amendment rights not to incriminate himself. Perfect. It's fine. I, for some reason, and what I read again, I, I wanted to find out, Alpha, if you had any inkling, if the if the if the attorney really wanted him to to get up there and start talking. And I'm thinking to myself, why would the attorney want to? If the case wasn't proven beyond a reasonable doubt, why would you throw the the witness up there, the the accused, to to open up the door for the jury to have uh, the loss of that reasonable doubt. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that he had his reasons, but you know, mm-hmm. as somebody with the with with, uh, I I would have liked to have seen Chauvin uh, testify because you know he could have probably spoken better to his mental state, which uh-huh. which plays into, uh, you know, this whole thing uh, to a significant degree. Mm. Uh, a chance for him to tell his side of the story would, would have been nice. Um, I, I don't know the rationale for not letting him testify on his own behalf. I, I think he, he didn't want to do it. Officer, or the oh. ex-officer Trillin did not want to testify. So, and, and you know, I can also think that the, the defense side would have all kinds of things to try and make, trip them up. So I guess that would be the, the main motivator. Again, we're not right. attorneys, but watch enough law and order in the, in the day. Just kidding. Exactly. Stayed at a <laughs> holiday and express or two. 
but anyhow, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but, but anyhow, you know, I, I've got friends that live out, uh, that direction still, uh, quite a mm. number of them. And I've been in touch with them, uh, last night, uh, kind of popped in, uh, out of nowhere and, and just kind of started having a discussion with a good old friend of mine, had some other things that was kind of a long conversation that took up a little bit of time last night, which is fine. Glad to talk to him, but we talked about a, a number of different things and, they're really getting very concerned in mm -hmm. the outer ring suburbs. I mean, even far away from downtown Minneapolis about what the consequences from the, the conclusion of this trial. And, and it's not so much that everyone's worried about what's going to happen if Chauvin gets in, uh, you know, does not get indicted for, for something serious. It mm -hmm. is regardless of what happens, we think there's going to be a big problem here. Mm. They're scared. And mm -hmm. and we talked for a good long time about it last night, a little bit past my bedtime even, uh, which mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, look, I've got no words of wisdom except pack your bags and get out. Mm -hmm. Go. Hey, the South. <laughs> get to the South. Yeah, where it seems like common sense is... Uh, still alive and well um, mm -hmm. definitely is i'm okay with that so you know and and you know to make matters worse you know this leads kind of into the next talking point that we have here of mm -hmm. what's going on in minneapolis you know you've got you've got members of congress you've got maxine waters she's she's in minneapolis uh telling protesters to get more confrontational over the chauvin trial regardless mm -hmm. Tell me how this is a great idea. Well, she got in front of a crowd and said, if you see them anywhere, if you see them in a restaurant or in a gas station, yeah. you raise a rocket, you raise a crowd. Now, nothing happened when that happened four years ago, five years ago now. Right. Um, she's emboldened. I believe she thinks that she can just go right ahead and she can say whatever she wants because she's a Democrat and she's on the, quote, perceived right team, unquote. You know, it, it, it has been proven that you actually can yell fire in a crowded theater. Um, and it is not against the First Amendment to do that, you know, even though you might be doing harm. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a Supreme Court case about that anyhow, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's contrary to popular belief. It's, it's, it's not illegal to, to yell fire in a crowded theater, but mm -hmm. it's just a really bad idea. May not be uh, illegal for Maxine Waters to have done what she did and is doing uh, what she's done now, mm -hmm. but she certainly is crossing some common sense and ethical boundaries that I really think need to be examined. Don't you? I do, and hopefully, uh, as this moves forward, our favorite Congresswoman, yes. Marjorie Taylor Greene, is going yes. to introduce a resolution to expel Maxine Waters from Congress. While this grabbed my attention from the uh, the uh, the um, the post millennial website, um, the the headline definitely grabbed me. So this is awesome, great, go get her. Problem is, realistically speaking, who really thinks anyone out there in the audience that this is going to go anywhere with uh, Denture losing uh, Speaker Pelosi in charge? <laughs> Well, look, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to uh, really admire the chutzpah 
mm. on, on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, I mean the 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 lady. Um, it seems that the counterculture, uh, like like you and I, were were pocket protect protector wearers, you know, in in mm-hmm. relative comparison to the to the the Democrat crowd, you know, the uh, free love crowd uh, on mm-hmm. the other side of the aisle. And now it seems that we've become the rebels, mm. and and the the roles have reversed, and and we were perceived to be authoritarian uh, mm-hmm. because that's the way the left painted us, and now we are in a situation where the Democrats are truly, truly have gone just so far that they've become the authoritarian hate mongers, right? Yeah. By the way, Maxine Waters, uh, she, she was protesting in Brooklyn center there. Yes. She's a California Congresswoman. Last time I checked, right? Why is she she there? Why is she there? Can you say how is how is how is that helping her constituency? Oh my god! Exactly. What is she doing there? You know, did she did she spend congressional money to to you know go go there to do this? Uh, I I would I don't know off the top of my head, but I my inkling, my instinct, my thought is yes. I think she did. But that's just my inkling and my thought. If I were one of her constituents, I'd be absolutely furious. But, you know, she keeps getting elected. Yeah. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, she, she says some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a little bit out there on, on some of the things that she says. But you know what? I think she does it to prove a point. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you kind of juxtapose Maxine Waters, who I would have to put in the useless category of the, of the Congress, what she does. She really, I don't know what she does, except say things that are very controversial. Let's move over towards uh, some congressmen that is, uh, and congresspeople that are doing some useful things. So in the last, this past week, Alpha, as you might have heard, Fauci's got himself in big trouble. It finally caught up to him, and I think we're at the turning point with him, where everything he says is like one big gas bag. I think he's running out of gas. And here's the reason why. Let's watch the uh, some of the testimony that occurred this, this past week where uh, Congressman Jordan from Ohio is confronting Fauci about masks. Give us your best guess then. I just did. No, you didn't. You didn't give us a time. What, when do you think this is going? Are we going to be doing? Are we going to be here two years from now wearing masks? No, I, I don't. Ask Dr. Fauci the same question. Well, let, let me let me answer your ranting again. Let me no, just. I'm not ranting. Yes, you are. No, I, I, here's how it works, Dr. Fauci. Right. I get to ask you the questions. You're the highest paid official in the United States government. You've given us your advice on baseball, on dating apps, on cruise ships. You told us zero masks, one mask, two masks. Now back to one mask. I'm just asking you, when is it going to end? You can say I'm ranting. I'm actually asking the question that the citizens I get the privilege of representing, and my name actually goes on a ballot. I don't think your name's ever been on a ballot. My name goes on a ballot. The citizens I represent want to know the answer to when they can get their liberties back. You know, you can call that ranting. I actually call it standing up for the Constitution, which I take an oath to uphold, Dr. Fauci, every year, every term that I serve in this Congress representing the folks in the 4th District of Ohio. So it is not ranting. It is defending the First Amendment. Bye, Gary. 
And we'd like an answer, or your best guess, since yeah. you've got an answer for everything else. Well, <laughs> all righty. <laughs> Go, Jimmy. Uh, that was, and now there's some other exchanges uh, that occurred that were outstanding, again, where the chair of the committee had to step in and try and save Fauci because he's not answering. He's not using any facts. Uh, and the, uh, the war room did a great job uh, highlighting this. And I urge everyone to go over to the rumble page. Uh, they're all over the place. War room is ph phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They do. They had a lot of cuts from that. And they talked about how Fauci has no facts. He just, he's a big gas bag. And I think he's running out of it, but not a moment too soon. Tell me about uh, it. So that was that was uh, this week. Now we wanted to talk about you know some real uh, um, possibility of what is going on with COVID. Um, we have we have a video that we're going to share with you. We're going to let you. We're going to play that here in a minute. But we're not sure what the name of this. Uh, he he purposely he is a virologist and immunologist with right. a PhD. Runs a lab. Um, Sounds right. If anyone out there could, could help us out, I think he said what he says is right on the money. It actually echoes a lot of things that we've been saying, and it justifies that. But if anyone knows who this is, if anyone could just send us via email or on our Telegram, uh, you know, we you can email us at info at signal50.com. I'm sure YouTube will be emailing us. No, I don't we'll really care about YouTube. That's that's later on. We're not going to talk about that now. But yeah. if anyone knows who this virologist is, excuse me, virologist, immunologist, please let us know. I'm curious. I'd like to give him credit. I even like to see if he can get on the show. I'd love to talk to him. Oh, but absolutely. Really I mean, talk to him. Listen, we can't we can't speak to who this gentleman really is, but everything he says is very plausible. Yep. So we're so going to go ahead and play this. And roll uh, like said, anyone who knows who this is, let us know. I have a roll. PhD in virology and immunology. I'm a clinical lab scientist and have tested 1,500 supposed positive COVID-19 samples collected here in Southern California. When my lab team and I did the testing through Koch's postulates and observation under a scanning electron microscope, we found no COVID in any of the 1,500 samples. What we found was that all of the 1,500 samples were mostly influenza A and some were influenza B, but not a single case of COVID, and we did not use the BCSP, the, the BSPCR test. That's polymerase chain reaction test. Celia Farber does wonderful journalism on the topic. I did videos on this channel for that. We then sent the remainder of the samples to Stanford, Cornell, and a few of the University of California labs, and they found the same results as we did. No COVID. They found influenza A and B. All of us then spoke to the CDC and asked for viable samples of COVID, which CDC said they could not provide as they did not have any samples. We have now come to the firm conclusion through all our research and lab work that the COVID-19 was imaginary and fictitious. The flu was called COVID, and most of the 225,000 dead were dead through comorbidities, such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, emphysema, etc. Then they got the flu, which further weakened their immune systems, and they died. I have yet to find a single viable sample of COVID-19 to work with. 
We at the seven universities that did the lab tests on these 1,500 samples are now suing the CDC for COVID-19 fraud. The CDC has yet to send us a single viable, isolated, purified sample of COVID-19. If they can't or won't send us a viable sample, I say there is no COVID-19. It is fictitious. The four research papers that do describe the genomic extracts of the COVID-19 virus never were successful in isolating and purifying the samples. All the four papers written on COVID-19 only describe small bits of RNA, which were only 37 to 40 base pairs long, which is not a virus. A viral genome is typically 30,000 to 40,000 base pairs. With as bad as COVID is supposed to be all over the place, how come no one in any lab worldwide has ever isolated and purified this virus in its entirety? That's because there never really was, they never really found the virus. All they've ever found was small pieces of RNA, which were never identified as the virus anyway. So what we're dealing with is just another flu strain. Like every year, COVID-19 does not exist and is fictitious. I believe China. And Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, everybody out there in the audience, does it make sense? I don't know. Are we going to have to go through and see if there's any, any legal filings against the CDC from the major research uh, colleges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to check it. Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting if this turns out to be true, right? Sure. Again, uh, anyone anyone out there who's who, uh, like I said, we have a nice uh, following on Rumble and our podcast. If you know who that is, uh, please let us know, and we'll we'll dig into it a little bit further. But what he's saying makes a hell of a lot of sense uh, to me, at least. And you know, a lot of people get upset, and you know, they get very defensive when you start raising the possibility that. Again, my, you know, we're just asking questions. What if COVID-19 is really not what it is and what he is saying is actually true? I mean, I, I forgot about that whole 30,000 to 40,000 genome pairs that, that a virus needs. I mean, I'm always learning something new every day. I completely didn't know that. You well, know? I'd, I'd forgotten. I didn't realize it was that big, but okay. Yeah. You know, I used to work, I, 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 I put myself through school working in a microbiology and a virology lab, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I get it. <sighs> Anyhow, we'll have to see how that goes, right? Yeah. Hard truth. Truth not. That's why we're asking. We're just we're, asking, we're asking the question out there. Okay. So, you know, look, let, let's switch gears a little bit here. Sure. Um, just switch gears a little bit. There, there's been some more talk. You had a, a, a gal named Ghislaine Maxwell, who was tied up with Jeffrey Epstein as his uh, confidant and, and right-hand woman and all this other stuff. And rumor has it that she set up a lot of uh, escapades for Jeffrey Epstein and a bunch of others. And, and Jeffrey Epstein, he was he was in the blackmail business. Mm. Okay. So he had a, uh, a little retreat on an island, and he brought young girls or boys or whatever anybody's fancy was to the island and recorded these people in various acts of debauchery uh, for use later as blackmail. Everybody, everybody with me so far? I'm here with you, buddy. You're, you're, you're there with me. 
All right. So we can't get an answer from everyone else that's listening to us, but I'm sure they're with us too, because we're all, we're all very familiar with the story. Right. So there were some documents that were unsealed in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. Uh, this was yesterday. That was uh, probably Friday. They show that the DOJ knew years ago that Epstein and Maxwell were running girls as young as 12, but they refused to act for years. Mm. This was 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. They knew years ago that these people were human traffickers uh, and, and, and they were peddling in children. And a lot of it came out of the Southern District of New York. Mm. They, they knew in the Southern District of New York and they, they did nothing about it. I also heard that the FBI knew about it, too. Right. As young as 12, but younger, the better. Mm. Ugh. And there's a handwritten note that's uh, telling that said the same. That's what she just said. That's right. That's Thailand right. Can... Yikes. <laughs> Pretty disgusting, huh? It is. And this is from Technofog who uh, is, is on top of all of this. Correct. Hi. Yeah, these people, uh, they have blackmail material on nearly everybody. It could, it could really explain a lot. Well, it also goes along with the episode uh, that will come up again um, when we get to it at the end, but the, where we talked about the deposition from Lynn Wood and all the influence peddling and all the, you couldn't get into these positions without having something in your, a skeleton in your closet that could be used against you. Well, that's right. We talked about yeah. that. Yep. Yep. And that was the, that was the uh, show that we talked about all this. That's right. That got yanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. The YouTube over- overlords decided that you didn't need to see that anymore. So they, I think we're over the target, but anyway, we'll talk about that later, but I just wanted to make that connection. Cause this, this goes light right along with it. You know, at some point, the the dam has got to burst and people are going to have to start reporting on this and, and things mm-hmm. are going to have to start happening. I mean, there there's too much drip, drip, drip out there. And whoever has got their hooks into Ghislaine Maxwell right now, you know, there's got to be a lot of terrifying crap coming out of this whole thing, right? Or am I yeah. How, how far, how long, how long can they hold on to this? I, I mean, I let's think about this. If the FBI really did know and they allow this to happen. All right. Then this goes deeper than, you know, a bunch of, you know, the, the, all these, all these um, statements and all of the, all the talking points and the directors of the FBI. I mean, this was all, they're just running cover for all this. They're not even doing anything about it. I mean, then it comes down to Hunter's laptop. I mean, there's little pieces and morsels all over the place. Well, there is. And, and this just goes to show, you know, there, there was a list of names of people that flew on, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Mm-hmm. And, and that list of names reads like the who's who of Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, people that are presently in power. Uh, you know, you've got the Clinton crime family that's, that's heavily involved, both Hillary and Bill. And you've got uh, even Chief Justice Roberts appeared on uh, one of those manifests, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So this guy has blackmail material on just about everybody in Washington, D.C. And it also explains why things aren't moving fast enough. Well, nothing ever moves fast enough for me, but I will say it's not moving fast enough for anyone. 
It's it's right. not moving at all. It's moving backwards. Right. Right. It's moving backwards. And and mm-hmm. you've got people in power now that are probably largely responsible or involved in this entire situation to some extent or another, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we'll have to see. I I have no I have no faith in the legal system executing uh, justice uh, in the proper manner on, on this subject. So, well, the same question, you know, where's the beef? I mean, Durham, you know, where is he? Where is he? Rumor has it, you know, there's grand juries and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And, you know, I, I want to see some, I want to see some indictments. No. Oh, yeah. You know, some reporting out there is saying, you know, people in Washington DC are freaking out and this, that, and the other thing is happening. Well, I got news for you. I don't, I don't see it. Hmm. No, and, and in fact, if you want to talk about freaking out, uh, the only people I see freaking out are the the press who are his, you know running around trying to cover all this stuff up. Well, they're they're in a full blown panic now. I mean, the, the the mask has been torn off by 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 Project Veritas on the media and, mm-hmm. and their systemic cover-up of of everything that's been going on over the past you know uh, 12 years or, mm-hmm. or even longer you know so we'll, we're gonna have to see how this all turns out but you know things over at the cnn building probably are a little tense these days don't you think oh well they had a great video of seltzer uh being cornered in an elevator <laughs> and them asking uh, uh what's going on do you you know are you are you sure you you know you're a journalist i mean it was you got him right in the corner. They had him on the on the ropes. It was great. And you know, like he says, I feel sorry for you to the Project Veritas reporter. But <laughs> well, these people have made an awful lot of money. You know, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I think that there are some. Well, there's a lot of truth to that because people are you know engaged by the controversial or engaged by the violent or engaged by this that. The more horrifying, the more people are going to be paying attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to pay attention to a boring story. Nope. So the more they sensationalize it, the more they captivate attention, the more they can shift the narrative. And the more people, the worse they make it out to be, the more they can shift the narrative and, and the farther they can push the boundaries of truth, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they suspend disbelief right. through manipulation, right? And the yeah. weak-minded. Right. Or, or yeah, well, let's okay, fine. I'll go with weak-minded. I mean, there are some people out there that I, I think are pretty smart, generally speaking, people. And then you listen to what they say about what they're watching and and how they interpret what's going on in front of them, and you, you shake your head and you say, "How is it possible that you have a master's degree?" Well, weak-minded. What I mean by that is, if you allow the perceptions and and what you're bringing up, Alpha, is about perception. Right. People people see a certain thing or a certain story or hear certain things, and you and I, you know, we've been we've been talking about current events forever. And we know what we see when we we see BS when we see it, and that's why we we started this podcast. I will say that people who perceive what's going on around them as being that's well, it came from the CDC. It has to be true. It came from CNN. It has to be true. I'm not going to question that. That's where Weak-minded versus strong-minded, kind of in, in my perception of why we que- I question things all the time because I'm I'm always asking. I'm like, well, is that really the the case? Or let me check into that a little bit more. And we just want the hard truth. That's it. 
Well, I, I, I just want to add that the most powerful word in the English language is the word why. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we have, it's amazing, you know, when, when you really want to go down the rabbit hole with this and you really want to talk about it and you really want to talk about something that's causational or reactional from mm-hmm. the media narrative and, and pushing out a message, you know, all of the manipulation that's happened um, and, and the information that's been pushed uh, of the pandemic, you know, has been just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people, I mean, if, if that virologist, immunologist is to be believed, what he brought up, no one's not, no one's asking it because no one wants to listen. We're, we're all lemmings being brought to the edge of the cliff and pushed. You know, we don't have to be pushed. We just walk. That's right. You just, you just walk yourself right to your death. Um, right. So, you know, there's, there's it's, it's, it, I, I just find it fascinating. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I find it fascinating how quickly and easily everybody in this country was manipulated. Mm-hmm. And if, and that's that's something else. That's was, yeah. Yeah. And that's not has to do with the mass, has to do with the vaccines, has to do with the pat. I mean, this is all I mean, it, it's it's a perspective and a perception, how you look at it and how you interpret what the information that's coming in. Your brain then processes that. And then you look at it and you say, well, this is the way I believe and think based on your experiences and what you've learned from before, that's that experience type learning. And then what, how you process it as it goes through your, your eyes, your ears, your nose. Cause it sounds like a lot of the stuff we're being told by the press is BS. So I think that, that fill, you know, that, that filter is working pretty well. <laughs> and then what you hear, um, that, that to me is what, that's how, that's how learning happens when we're supposed to be learning something new every day. Well, a perfect example of, of the media narrative, you know, being being pushed is there was another tragic shooting in the city of Chicago where a, a 12 or a 13 year old boy mm-hmm. uh, was armed with a handgun running from police mm-hmm. after he had fired shots. I believe uh, he was running from police in an alley. The kid turned around, had a gun in his hand. And when he turned around, he had the gun in his hand and the police officer shot the kid center mast him mm-hmm. uh, and the gun went flying as the kid's hands were in the air. Uh, as a reaction, he came out of the waistband, turned around with the gun in his hand and his hands, and he pointed the gun at the cop, the cop shot him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bad deal all the way around. Mm-hmm. Black kid, white cop. It's a bad deal. It's just a bad deal all the way around. Right mm-hmm. now, when you look at the body camera footage, you can kind of clearly see exactly what happened. This officer made a split second decision where it was either him or me. It didn't matter about the kid's age. All I see is a gun. Because Mm -hmm. in those situations, you don't look at hands, you don't look at faces, you don't look at anything other than the hands. Because the eyes don't kill you, the hands do, right? Yep. He had the kid in his sights, saw the gun, looked at his hands, pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. After he ordered the kid to stop, 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 stop. Chased him down. And when you look at the body camera footage, it's pretty clear what happened. When you look at the footage that CBS put together. Oh, they edited it terribly. I saw that. They, they edited it to m- lead one to believe that that child was unarmed. Right. That's really dangerous stuff, man. Well, they're again, they're doing it on purpose. They want the reaction. They want the outrage. They, or the false outrage, I would say. If it bleeds, it leads. And if it bleeds, it leads. 
Yep. If they get more riots in Chicago, you know, maybe they'll have more people tuning into view. They'll make more advertising dollars. The executives will become rich. The stockholders' dividends will go up or their shares will go up and the fat cats get fatter. And the rest of the population who's not involved in that circle mm. uh, pays the price. Yep. Like lemmings being pushed over a cliff. They don't even need to be pushed. They walk themselves right over. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but it's a yeah. it's a really vicious circle of what's going on, isn't it? It is. It is. I just I have a hard time with it. I, I just don't want to believe that America has fallen so far into the idiocracy that we, we we're almost we've almost hit peak stupid. Mm. Believing everything by face value, doing what they tell you because they, they said so and no one start no one can think for themselves because we've been dumbing down America with our what education. Happened, what happened to a healthy dose of skepticism? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I I agree. It's really bad. We need it. So anyhow, moving on. Um yeah. <laughs> on to other things. And on to other things. Ah, here we go. Is this where we want to be? Yeah. Or no. do we want to, you mean, do I want to be there? Or do you, do you think it's a good idea? <laughs> I don't think it's a great idea. Well, for everybody out there listening, um, there's a news article from American News uh, dated uh, today. Minneapolis moves to disarm parking enforce, uh, traffic enforcers. Minneapolis moves to disarm enforcers during Dante Wright shooting, following Dante Wright shooting. Okay, so what the Minneapolis uh, City Council is doing is they're taking the traffic safety division of the Minneapolis Police Department. They're opening up another department to take traffic safety away from the PD. That's, I mean, like, that's what they're traffic, doing. you know, like uh, parking in the wrong place, uh, over overtime parking, uh, uh not having a registration. Uh, no, that's criminal. I think right? loading loading zone violations, uh -huh. uh, idling too long violations, parking violations. Uh, you know, for odd even parking, snow emergencies. Uh, you know, uh, illegal parking, parking on hydrants, and those kinds of things. Those were duties carried out, generally speaking, by the Uniform Division of the Minneapolis Police Department. That can be very dangerous when you're starting to screw with people's cars, right? Mm, exactly. So now they want to replace the uniform division police officers uh, in the traffic division of the Minneapolis PD. They do vehicle inspection. They do all sorts of different things mm. and traffic enforcement as far as parking, you know, guiding people out of garages during rush hour and controlling traffic. Uh, they want to take those and they want to give those to unarmed people. Mm. I think that's a really horrible idea. <laughs> that's, well, that's just a really horrible idea. Well, the question I had, and again, you clarified this before we started today, but I want to make sure our audience, I was thinking when they talked about they want to, they're moving to disarm enforcers uh, following the Dante Wright shooting. And again, when you have to, you have to read into the, to the article, again, we pulled up one of these and, and uh, here's, here's what, here's what they were saying. So the, the Minneapolis city council voted unanimously on Friday to create a traffic safety division. Okay, a traffic enforcement uh, unit 
would uh, would be separate from the city police and would be unarmed. Okay, so that so I'm thinking of speeding tickets and running red lights and traffic accidents. Uh, those can be dangerous, just as dangerous. You know, some people get into car accidents and they're upset because their car got banged up. That that's a mess. Um, there could have been a violation because they got into an accident. But let me read further from this article. According to the city council documents, the move is meant to increase traffic safety and eliminate social disparities in traffic enforcement, educate the public on particular, excuse me, vehicular safety, and build trust with the community. Fox News reports. Now, the ending of the article says this. The vote comes one week after the killing of Dante Wright in Minneapolis suburbs of Brooklyn Center. Yeah, um, it's, it's virtue signaling to the max. Yeah, I, I, you know, you might as well hit a signal flare and then just put that up there. You know, yep. just make sure you're not standing in a lake of gasoline. Yeah, it's it it's it's typical Minneapolis uh, knee jerk virtue signaling. Uh, concede to uh, the hostile forces to appease the mob type behavior which it's not going to work none of that's going to work we talked about that last this is going to be a disaster i mean we talk about vehicular safety okay and traffic and everything else there's traffic laws there's there's all kinds of uh enforcement issues um the only thing i can think of is uh a story from a little while back they were talking about you know, just having cameras. Uh, they do this in Europe all the time. They just have cameras and they take pictures of you speeding or you take pictures of you. And they do it here too, going through red lights and you get a ticket in the mail and you got to pay it. Some people think that that is, that's a great idea, that that's a wonderful way to prevent this actual incident from happening. And in this article, nowhere does it say that the occupant of the vehicle resisted arrest. And we talked about that last show. However, when you look at what they're trying to do here, besides the virtual signaling and sh- shooting up virtual flares, you know, it's a signal. I think it's I think it's important that we understand that there's a lot of things that happen on these traffic stops. You pick up a lot of criminal activity when you pull over a vehicle, illegal weapons, drugs. Yep. Um, there's there's all kinds of things that are found, and we talked about broken glass theory of law enforcement and. Uh, Rudy Giuliani talks about the broken glass theory. You don't let people that are jumping si- uh, the subway uh, gates or you don't let people just do these minor crimes because they walk out and they get emboldened. They keep doing more. So you right. see, and, and there's a theme around the whole show today. Uh, Maxine Waters emboldened. She said all that nasty stuff about four and a half, five years ago. You know, people can run red lights. They get a ticket in the mail. Who cares? They're going to run someone over. God forbid. Or what, what about the drunk driving? <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure this is a great idea. To be honest. No, this is a very, very bad, bad idea. And and the reasons they're giving to do it, you know, to provide equity. You know, what, what does that mean? Does that mean that that we're changing the rules on Animal Farm to make some animals more equal than others? Yeah. Or we're, exactly we're, now, what now, we're, now we're engaged in institutional racism uh, against you know, uh, injustice. And Mm. and I think we all understand, uh, what that is. Right. Sure. Um, So, uh, this, this is just absolutely mind boggling to me. Whether the, I, I I think that everybody on the, on the city council in Minneapolis, they need to piss in a cup 
and, mm-hmm. and we need to we need to figure out what the hell these people are taking. Uh, <laughs> they've they've taken a perfectly beautiful city, which we've talked about before. Um, they've taken a perfectly beautiful city, the city of Minneapolis, the city of lakes. It's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. It used to be just mm-hmm. a center of art, culture, um, really neat places to go, great food, good culture, just just a neat, 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 neat place to go. Uh, just so unique. Uh, you've got every professional sport in the Twin Cities. You know, it's just a fantastic place. Mm-hmm. They've taken it and and they, they burned it to the ground, literally. Mm-hmm. Yes, not yep. figuratively. Literally, they they've had their city burned to the ground. Yep. They have an autonomous zone in the city of Minneapolis, and part of the Floyd settlement for twenty seven million dollars was to give half a million dollars to the people that are occupying the autonomous zone in, in on 38th in Chicago in South Minneapolis. Oh, okay. is right. And not to mention you've got, uh, you've got these, these inept creatures that are sitting in city hall in the city of Minneapolis that not only did they settle with George Floyd's family for, and, and others for $27 million, you've got some very seriously conflicting information on O2 levels in, in George Floyd's blood. How can somebody have an O2 sat post-mortem of 98% and have been strangled or, or suffocated? You're a medical professional. Why don't you answer, answer me that? <laughs> well, Your Honor, I don't have an answer to that because his, if you're talking about the uh, blood gas, which yes. sounds like... So the, if the blood gas saturation is 98%, um, that, that's, uh, that's a, that's a big puzzle, my, my friend, I have, I'd have to look into that further because <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it, it, have, it might lead one to well, a reasonable person to believe if explained properly and using small words and plain English, that it might have been impossible for Derek Chauvin to have actually truly been the cause of this man's death through suffocation of the knee on the neck, uh, like everybody, the narrative that's been spun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how can a man have suffocated somebody who died with a 98% O2 sat in their blood? Mm. How's that work? I would say that something happened um, with a pump because it goes very quickly if that's the case or you know, an aneurysm. Yeah, they didn't talk about anything they found in the postmortem about aneurysms or bleeding or, or, or trauma or anything. Or, or, or the fact that he probably suddenly stopped breathing because all of the fentanyl that he took hit at the same time, and he just died. His 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 brain shut off the signal to the diaphragm to breathe. Yes. Yes. Or, or you know that that yeah. that could be the case, right? We don't know. I don't have the things in front of me, but it makes. I mean, I'm just thinking. Again, just thinking out the problem, critically thinking. Well, that's okay. So I was, was just trying point. to, I went down this road to put everything in context. Yeah. These idiots that want to change fundamentally the way that the policing is done and enforcement's done and, and to create equity, these are the same dimwits that paid $27 million to people that uh, before there was a trial. These are the same dimwits. Yep. I'm I'm not sure that I would uh, trust them with pocket change at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So there you go. That's that's <laughs> enough of that. Well, 
On to other things. I wanted yeah. to I wanted to share this story about Brianna Taylor's mother that slams BLM and calls the organization a fraud and says they've never done a damn thing for us. So as everyone remembers, Brianna Taylor was the uh, um, accomplice. I, I'm going to call her an accomplice who was you know a, to a drug dealer. And uh, when they came in through the door and had to, you know, the police officers had to protect themselves, she was caught in the crossfire. Unfortunately, uh, that, that family got a lot of money too, Alpha. If I'm not mistaken, they got like $12 million for her and her being killed. And, you know, again, the whole, another tragic uh, story. Um, but the mother was not happy with the BLM Louisville because she basically from the article here from the post millennial data today, she also attacked BLM Louisville for raising money on behalf of Breonna, Breonna's family and said that they never quote from the article done a damn thing for us when we needed it or asked unquote. So it sounds like the family asked for help and BLM was buying houses in the Hills in California instead. That was just my own. That's my own uh, input. Anyway, moving on. Quote, <laughs> it's amazing how many people have lost focus. I, I, I'm a say this before I go, unquote, Palmer concluded. I am sick of some of you all, and I was last, my, I was last anybody who needs it. That was a quote. That's what she said. Enough is enough. She finished. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dissension amongst the ranks, everyone. That's what I got to tell you about that one. I mean, that's just. Uh, it's really it's, sad. I mean. It is. I, I, we talked about Breonna Taylor a bit on the show. Yeah. I've, I've gone over that shooting about a million and a half times. And, mm. you know, there's nothing, nothing good about. Uh, nothing good about it. Um, no, but it does. It does clearly show that BLM is um, fraud. Of course, it's a terrorist organization, and they have their own agenda. That's they, they're, they're again my opinion for the YouTube minders. Yeah. Well, they're self-admitted Marxists with three point mm -hmm. two million dollars worth of real estate. So you know, yeah. some some animals are more equal than others on Animal Farm. That's correct. Yeah. Moving on. Or, Next, I think. Well, I think that's. I think that's that's a good point. If, if you haven't read, everyone talking about 1984 and speech and the speech police and you know the the, the narrative, all that stuff. That's important. I think Animal Farm. I think we talked about this before. Animal Farm is more applicable now than ever before. Yeah, go pick up a copy of Animal Farm uh, available on Amazon from your overlord at Amazon uh, for 19.95 and on mm. Kindle. Anyhow, moving on. So that um, those are the those are the major stories we have. We're going to get into this a little bit. Huh, okay. So cancel culture has caught up to us a little bit. I don't, you know, uh, YouTube that the the show we talked about uh, where we where were relating the Linwood deposition and how that people have to have things held over their head. That was the show that got yanked from YouTube, and we received. Our first strike, 
Um, it wasn't which a copyright is, strike. Is, hold on, which is oh. which is which is why we're not able to provide a live streamed program on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, part of me says good. <laughs> Another part of me says, huh. That's I've our first on, I've been hooked on the Overlord's uh, heroin for so long. I don't know what it's going to be like to come clean. Mm. You know? Or I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't agree with that per se. I, I would say I'm more. I was upset. I'm upset yeah, that our yeah. First Amendment rights are being infringed upon. That was uh, upsetting to me until I had some words of wisdom from my best friend Alpha, and he says, "You know, don't get mad. Get even." <laughs> so that's what get we're doing. Don't get mad. Get ahead. Okay, yeah. so don't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna waste a lot of energy on being upset with YouTube over over this. Okay, mm -hmm. there there are other other ways to do it, and it, it's not like somebody's gonna you know, like like the the internet police have come visiting without a warrant. Okay, so you know let's let's just take it easy. This is all an imaginary world mm. of YouTube and social media. It's all an imaginary world. Okay. It's just we use YouTube as a vehicle by which to carry a, a recording or a, a podcast uh, to the audience. Mm -hmm. We post on a number of different places. Okay, so what's really strange about this whole thing is there was only a casual mention in, in the one hour and one minute program that was pulled due to COVID-19 medical misinformation that they claim that we put out. We, there was a casual mention of COVID-19. We did not even, that wasn't the subject of the program. It, wasn't, it was an opinion, too. It was prefaced as an opinion. That's right. We said, this is my opinion. And they still took it down. Now, what really, the, the, main, the main crux of that show is we talked about the deposition. We talked about Linwood's deposition of the informant, of, the, of a true whistleblower. And if that's the only thing they can get us on, then this is even more evidence to show that they are coming after everyone. And again, we're, we're not, we don't have a big following on YouTube. We used it for the live stream port part of it. Uh, our following is on, on rumble. And uh, we'll talk about Mike Lindell's project, uh, Frank, which is coming out tomorrow. That's right. Um, we can, we can Tuesday, definitely actually. Tuesday, actually Tuesday. Okay. The 20th. Yeah, so it starts. I think he starts like a forty-eight hour telethon of some sort. You know, he's going to be broadcast anyway. But this really, this did this did get under my skin a little bit because our First Amendment right is being infringed. We're not saying anything destructive. We're not saying it's our opinion, and people are free to either listen to it or not. And YouTube is arbitrarily just took it down from, and and not to mention the fact that both Alpha and I are in the medical business. We have the right to, and we have more knowledge than the person that gave us the strike in the first place. <laughs> it's really. And that wasn't even the point of the program. So now that's exactly right. But I think it was a, it was a mean, it was a means to the end because we were talking about things that they didn't want to get out there. I'm right. sure it wasn't really, it wasn't talked about in the mainstream media. And you, and you know that that wasn't going to be talked about in the mainstream media. Because they don't want right. the the stick to be you know pulled out from under them. So, well, the the point of the matter is, you know, the the mainstream media and the tech giants, anything that they don't like or they don't want out there, they just have the power to shut off or change. 
this brings us to the next point of what what's going on right now um, with Project Veritas. Mm-hmm. Twitter suspended Project Veritas permanently. Project Veritas is filing a lawsuit against Twitter tomorrow. And they already sued the New York Times and they won the dismissal that the Times usually relies upon. Right. So they don't have to go into it. And they're not stopping for a settlement. No. James O'Keefe is not taking settlements. He is taking depositions. He doesn't care about the money. He wants the truth. And he is right. going after depositions. And they're going to record these things, and they're going to put them out there. And they're all going to be under oath. Yep. So I wish them all the best. I mean, cancel culture, if anybody thinks that cancel culture can't come to your doorstep, it sure can. Um, and everybody in this country ought to be very, very, of, of everything that's really going on right now, you've got the narrowing of your constitutional right to speak your mind. is mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And these people are doing it. And here's here's the... Just just for our listeners, just so they can hear, this is the reasoning that YouTube gave us. The safety of our creators, viewers, and partners is our highest priority. We took, we look to each of you to protect this unique and vibrant community. Does that sound like a bunch of BS to you? I'm just saying. That was my well, personal. Well, it just leads me to want to go ahead and look for snuff films on on. on youtube just to prove that how how little they really care about the community when they post some of the things that people do and say is just unbelievable and it also gets down to when uh and this this is similar but again when they talk about COVID 19 and when you can't raise a question because our health you know where do ideas come from where does learning come from learning comes from dialogue comes from discussion comes from learning from each other when representative uh, jordan Asked Fauci, when is this all going to end? When can we get back to life? When can we go to a baseball game? When can we do our thing and not have to worry about this? When is enough enough? Fauci couldn't answer it. But he was coming at it from a what he called what he claimed was a public health stance that our rights take second seat to public health and the needs of public health. That's not what america is about that's that's not how it works and i do not agree that with fauci and that's why he's full of it because he's running a narrative to control us and take away our freedoms i'm not going to stand by it there's a lot of people out there that believe the public health comes before uh our own individual liberties i'm being in the healthcare biz people think i would be toting that public health line i'm not People are, have a right to choose what they want to do with their health. That's I right. can tell them to stop smoking as much as the day is long. People still smoke. Did we make That's that right. illegal? No. Do we spend millions of dollars on lung cancer treatments and COPD treatments and all sure. this other kind of stuff? Sure. So this well, is here, here's here's an important point. To here's an important point for the YouTube minders out there. I'm not giving anybody any advice. I'm just putting food for thought out on the table, okay? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. 
now that you've been immunized out there, this is a hypothetical. If you if you've been immunized, I don't care if you have or haven't. It's up to you. It's your choice. Now that you've been immunized, what advantage do you have over somebody who hasn't? What what? How has being immunized made your life better? Has it restored any of your freedoms? Nope. Has it brought back any kind of sense of normalcy? No. Is there any guarantee that this vaccination is working? Is no. there any guarantee that the vaccination is safe? No. Proven safe? Is there any end in sight to this nonsense? Now, when you read this, YouTube doesn't allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization medical information about COVID-19. So in other words, they're going to take the, the who that was wrong in all this over what we're, we're supposed to say we live here. Again, YouTube, you, you, you got it all wrong. Well, it's it's spinning. It's it's helping control the narrative and helping control the flow of information. And it's become it's become terrifying, quite honestly. So that's why here at the Signal 50 podcast, we're going to still talk about the hard truth and we're going to raise those questions. We're going to bring other ideas in here and you can decide. And you most probably when we when we get the privilege to live stream back. Hopefully sometime soon, you'll be able to catch the live stream on YouTube. But, you know, Rumble or Frank is going to have the same capability as well. So you can catch us over there. So the alternate economy and alternate universe that needs to be pushed uh, to get away from these these maniacs is happening. Mm -hmm. There are alternatives over there. And everybody out there, you know, like I said in the beginning of the program, I, I've got to get off the heroin of, the, of, of our Google overlords. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they've provided so many products and so many platforms for so long that are actually quite, quite good. Now mm -hmm. they've just become, you know, just monstrous in, in, in how they're policing or quote unquote policing things and, and carrying on carrying on business. Mm -hmm. It's time to find an alternative. And and I'm just glad that there are alternatives out there. Amen. That's it. Plain and simple, folks. You know, you're going to have to get used to finding an alternate way to get your information because I think the, the mainstream media has gone too far and they've, again, proven, it's been proven that they are absolutely pushing a line of propaganda on everybody. Mm -hmm. It's very sad, very troubling. It is. Well, that brings us about to the end of our discussion for this evening. You know, we've been yeah. with you for about 58 minutes. We'd like to keep it to about an hour. Uh, I just want to I just want to mention one thing. Bravo, I didn't talk to you about this um, uh, during the program. Uh, Another surprise. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I had an opportunity to go spend uh, a day with some uh, with some wounded warriors uh, with a foundation that shall remain nameless until I have permission to talk about it um, on, on the podcast. Um, I've been invited to participate in some of their events and some things with these guys. They do, um, they pair, uh, wounded warriors with medical treatments to help them, uh, throughout the country. They make sure that they, they fly them in for appointments and they get them the treatments that they need and they take care of, you know, housing room board transportation. It's a charitable foundation run by a, uh, a country music singer that everybody would know who it is if I, if I mentioned the person's name, but I'm, I'm not allowed to do that yet. Um, there are a lot of really good 
people out there just trying to do really good things for people that deserve it. Mm -hmm. And if you are privileged enough to run across an organization that might need some help that, that you believe in, put your money where your mouth is. Spend a couple of hours a week with these people. Try to help them out as best you can. There are really some good people out there doing some good stuff. Mm -hmm. So there'll be more on that later. But uh, in the meanwhile, I'd like to thank our affiliates, POF-USA, POF USA, Patriot Ordnance Factory of Chandler, Arizona, makers of the finest AR-15 rifles in the United States. It's a great way to go ahead and get yourself one. Go to POF-USA.com. Go ahead and check out their e-commerce website and have it shipped direct to your FFL. Um, you know, uh, there's technology's come a long way, and you can get those guns shipped directly to your dealer, uh, depending on your state laws. It's real easy to do. Mark's Guns LLC uh, for all your firearms needs. Uh, and pretty quick, you'll be able to catch us on Frank. Don't forget to catch us on Rumble uh, and your favorite podcast outlet. Visit us on Signal50.com, or if you have any comments for us, info at Signal50.com. Go ahead and email us your comments, questions, or concerns. We'd be happy to hear them. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't don't lose hope out there, folks. Uh, we're going to be on Frank here soon. We're going to see if they've got a live streaming capability. We would encourage you to go ahead and get there and give that a try. And if anyone knows who that professor was, we'd really yes. appreciate it. Just give it a, a, a buzz or a telegram or parlor or whatever you like. If you can tell us who that is, that would be very helpful. Email. Email works too. Yep. So very interesting. Anyhow, uh, wrapping it up, everybody out there, have a great week. Have a productive week. Keep your heads down. Uh, keep your shoulders to the grindstone. Remember all those taxes you're paying. Go to support somebody who just walked across the border yesterday. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, go ahead. And uh, we'd like to thank our soldiers, sailors, and airmen for protecting us 24-7, 365. Our police, firefighters, and EMT out there, EMTs out there on the streets working with us every single day. They don't get paid an awful lot. You run into one of them, you know, pat them on the shoulder, thank them for their service and, and what they do. Buy them a cup of coffee. It'd mean a lot to them. And on that note, everybody have a great week. Take care, everyone. Again, thanks for listening. This is the end of our Signal 50 transmission.